Arrgh, grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideship Podcast. Peter Fickling here with Matthew Weir and Kerry Warbis. I'm a little bit laid low with illness, but in fine spirits otherwise. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. Really chipper. Thank you very much. Uh, it's all been stormy, weird weather. I miss the sunshine. Ailment-wise, I haven't had anything apart from a trip to the dentist this week, which um, hurt my purse very hard. Yeah, so, more than your face, didn't it? More than my what? Face. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that sounded quite like a, someone who was about to take their jacket off and start a fight in a pub in Essex. <laughs> more than your face, yeah? And more than my what? Oh, no, you what? Yeah, definitely. I, I absolutely am terrified of the dentists. Um, he had to put so much more anaesthetic into my gums than any mere normal mortal to start off with. And then stung me for like six hundred quid. I know you're. I know that you are, and this might be controversial, Kerry. A bottle ginger, but um, <laughs> is it? Uh, is it? Is it that gingers are particularly prone to suffering pain, or no. are they particularly stoic? No, I am. I have a very, very high pain threshold. Like I gave birth twice with no drugs. And um, it's just something about dentists, that that bloody right. miniature drill. That's So it's a psychological thing then? No, it hurts. My teeth, oh, my I... teeth do hurt. <laughs> my teeth, it's something to do with them. Yeah, horrid. Okay, all right. You know, you're recovering, but Matthew is just starting a two-year dental programme. Yeah, they stung me for 600 euros. So um, I've got braces put in because I needed a few things that needed correcting so the top level have gone in so I've now got I've got kind of shoulder length hair again braces <laughs> the only thing I'm gonna have to start listening to Slayer and not have a girlfriend anymore <laughs> I was gonna say it's like reliving your teenage years but the worst bits of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it will be it'll be worth it in the long run it mm. needed to be done so uh, and we're we're the same yeah we just came off the back of a load of hot weather and we've gone into kind of we've got the stormy weather here now though so it's kind of nice it's broke yeah, there was a great thunderstorm last night did you get it in london peter um it was just disgusting absolutely disgusting <laughs> here last night it was a um horrible humid muggy shithole and oh. i can't wait for this evening and a proper night's sleep matthew has flirted with um, being a teenager, Adam spent the week behaving pretty much exactly like one. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Well, he's a tea leaf, isn't he, to start off with? Yeah. He has half-inched five grand, but thinks that five grand is nothing big. Only five grand, Kerry. Yeah, only five grand. And uh, he feels that there's nothing wrong with that. He was going to put it back. But was he going to put it back? And why has it taken him since March to deal with it? And he had to get a loan to repay it. So quite how skint are him and Ian? Yeah, and they, they, did, a, they did a clever thing using Lee as the kind of um, moral um, juxtaposition. Mm. You know, an NHS worker is almost unimpeachable. You know that every pound is earned, you know. It's their, their, you know, their, their salary is scrutinised. It, it's, you know, it's well advertised. So, it, it, you know, Lee's kind of incredulous gasps as um, right. Adams are going, well, in my business, Lee, you know, or um, it's only five grand. Uh, it really did just point. I mean, I, I mean we, were, we were kind of joking earlier on. Like, I mean, obviously, obviously this podcast makes enormous amounts of money, but we were, we were sort of like we were joking around about it earlier on. Like, what if one of us mm -hmm. found out that, you know, Matthew had 
had uh, paid for his invisible shirts with, you know, out of our um, bank account or something with five grand. Yeah, we wouldn't be best pleased, would we? I thought Lee's incredulity was something to do with the fact he was thinking, I could get two dollies for that. Yeah, yeah I thought that. He was like, you know, I'd, I'd struggle to find it. And if I did, I'd spend it on the bloody <laughs> 1977 Hulk figure with a retractable arm. <laughs> You've thought about that too much, man. <laughs> five grand probably wouldn't get you much, would it? I mean, you you probably would be talking about. I mean, what was how much was the replacement that Helen found? What did she say? Two hundred dollars, quid or something. Yeah. Yeah, that seemed too little to me. But anyway, this will mean probably nothing to either of you. But I had Jawa with a vinyl cape when I was a kid. Cloth cape. Uh, cloth cape. No, with the vinyl cape. It's the cloth cape is the common one. Is it? The vinyl cape is the rare one. Oh, dad, I thought it was the other way around. No, I got it for Christmas, like nineteen eighty-one, maybe eighty-two, and. Uh, yeah, I still remember getting it, and I only realised a couple of years ago just how much they fetched. The last one in three years ago or four years ago fetched um, 21,000. What are you talking about? What's Jawa? Or whatever that <laughs> first word was. <laughs> one of the Star Wars creatures. If you were in your mid-40s, you would have been showered with Star Wars figurines when you were a kid, and there, were t- there are two or three very famous figures that mm. are worth an absolute fortune. Yoda with a particular type of cloth, uh, Darth Vader with a particular type of lightsaber, you know, and you know, and if you have one, I think the the, the ultimate one. I'm ashamed to know this uh, is is actually a um, it was a, a Boba Fett. There was only eight of them made or something. It was released as part of a sort of promotion for like a serial or something. Anyway, you are you're making Lee sound quite sane at this point. Yeah, it's it's very Lee like. How are you going there? I thought it was, but I thought it was the Boba Fett where the rocket could fire from his backpack. Yeah, but I think that it, it was a promotion. Um, there was very few made. Um, I, I now want to kill myself. This is I'm, I'm boring so, so myself. Pete, so, yeah, Peter Shit, and I are now single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now this, but this is all when you were a child. You didn't keep these, did you, or have you? My mum gave still them. Still got them. Okay. No, but but the, but the, the different the difference is it's perfect. My my little mm. brother, um, my little brother, he's twelve years younger than me. He's a vastly superior man, and he. <laughs> um, when he was about 14, he was kind of um, sort of 13, maybe, you know, he was moaning to us that he didn't have any money and what, what could he do for money? And we sort of gave him the kind of slightly patronising, go and get a job speech. He didn't need to. He just sold his childhood because, of course, this is when mm. eBay had just started. You know, and so it would have never even crossed my mind that I could have tried to flog my, you know, all my little Star Wars figures and stuff. But he, he, all the all the gifts we'd given him for over the, you know, mm. the preceding decade and a half had kept him going for years. <laughs> Quite a wise lad. There must be so many thousands of males who have these figures and ships and stuff. Yeah, but there's only a few that's only a few that are worth stuff. Yeah, but the monetary value is, you know, it's just more the sentiment, isn't it, that's more precious? No, no, because this is the thing. I have been defending Lee um, on Twitter, mm. sort of arguing that, that, you know, my, for instance, my, my camping gear collection is offensive, the amount of money I've wasted on it, if Charlotte ever finds out. Hello, Charlotte. And it's not on a shelf in your sitting room, is it? I mean, it's a bit different. No, I mean, and and I justified it, you know, I justified it to myself, like, you know, I need it for this, I need it for that. But the the point is, is that there's, you know, like there's, there's multiple redundancies. I bought, you know, there's things that, you know, I've got like three different stoves and anyway, you know, this, but, but I I don't like to get too sniffy about, um, you know, people's kind of like personal little peccadilloes. I mean, because we've all got them. But the thing, the, the the moment my my sort of sympathy does start to run out is the fact that um, it's not they're not necessarily being collected for for sentimental value because you know why it's it's a completism 
you have you know it's it's wanting those scarce ones it's like the bragging rights of having those kind of like mm. the ones that no one else has or you know just how pristine the box is whereas you know to to um to uh joy's point and yours just now kerry surely a lot of it should just be being able to hold you know your your cher- which one was it wolverine cherished wolverine i like the way she referred to them as dollies yeah exactly <laughs> brave woman uh, but that was a very strange moment wasn't it where he held it and sort of said something like um Oh, it doesn't feel how I'd imagined. So he'd literally never touched this object. Mm. What metaphor do you think they're going for there? Wolverine. He thought Wolverine's claws were sharp and they're actually a little bit bendy. And like, Helen was like, so they don't gouge little kids' eyes out. And he was like, oh, yeah, I guess. You know, I imagine Lee's got a bit of a sad backstory. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a sensitive and emotional man, but who's someone who... Uh, surrounds himself with some rather obviously sort of masculine mm. um influences is you know martial arts and all these you know these marvel mm. figurines and you know yes so it's a it's a safe place for him to play with his masculinity in a non-threatening and scary way in which case he did handle that very very well didn't he uh, you know why cry over spilt milk or whatever he said about the boys having wrecked the boxes yeah i, I mean this I, I I mean I said this a couple of weeks ago that that you know all of this plot line was to position Lee just to clear any doubt that uh, mm. Lee is another Rob. It's like no, you know they've pro- they provoked him and prodded him and put him in difficult situations and they've tested him in front of the audience. We can all just settle down mm. and know that Helen is happy with her lovely Lee. Yeah, they also they also went as far as to after the event, um, after Joy had left. Helen did that other thing. She was like, so what's the truth? Now yeah. Joy's gone. Very Rob-esque, wasn't it? You can show yeah. me what you really think now. Mm. It was acted very well because she she sounded quite manic at one point. Mm. Yeah, because he, he was very taken aback by that, it wasn't he? He said, um, do you think I'm lying? Mm. Yeah. He said, oh, well, no, I thought you were being polite. He wasn't angry. He was sad, he said, didn't he, as well? Mm. But when they were at the, yeah. the the open air cinema, I mean, of course they went to see Bloody Downton Abbey, the movie. <laughs> Apologies to anyone that likes Downton Abbey. I've I never do. seen a single episode, so I'm sure it's it's great. But yeah, I just thought it was. Um, I was I was it hoping. Did you? Is that what you expected from his reaction? You thought that would how no. they, they would frame it. I thought he might pretend that, but be seething inside or something. Yeah. But but then there was the point, wasn't there, where he counselled Adam about. Um, you know, make things right and move on, I think was his phrase to Adam when I, when he weirdly offloaded onto Lee. Not in that yes. way. Um, <laughs> and so Lee was, he said that to Adam. So then you thought, well, is he going to do the same thing? Um, when he, Is he going to make things right and move on when his dollies have been spoiled? And that was the kind of theme of the week, wasn't it? It was, it was people dealing with potential anger. I'm still concerned about dollies being spoiled. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're right. Anger management and conflict resolution. It was all about that, wasn't it? Yeah. I was I was hoping for some kind of Bruce Lee style honor quid pro quo, like Lee was gonna strip (laughs) down to the waist, go to a darkened room, put a headband on, like stare emptily. What with Jack and Henry? (laughs) Yeah. It's no, no, like because it was Joy's fault. Just stare into the mirror and then go down the road and like as a kind of a, a trade-off, he could karate chop Joy's Robin or something, oh. do something that would. Do you think it was Joy's back. fault? I think Evil Henry knew that you shouldn't have got them out. The minute Lee was out of the house, he was like, "Ha ha ha!" Got in that cupboard. 
he there was evil evil child laughter in the background wasn't there when they when she was calling mm. i thought it's not, it's i mean ultimately it's no one's fault it's called having you know small children and if you have small children um as you know mm. Kerry will know way better than me it's your fault if you've left them in a place where the kids can get hold of yeah. them yeah if they're that precious yeah. yeah i mean when i was a kid um and until my cousin popped up on my on my mum's side of the family about 10 when i was about 10 I used to go up my Auntie Mary, who's a fan of the archers. I've mentioned her before. She had um, a pristine porcelain collection of all the Beatrix Potter characters in the bay window. And I could not explain that they, I could not understand that they weren't for me to play. <laughs> but I found out very quickly every time I almost went near them. Um, so I think it's a little bit similar to that, mm. isn't it? Except that, you know, these were toys directly for kids. And beating yeah. children's out of fashion yeah. these days, Matthew. <laughs> It's a lot easier for her to explain in those days. It's like, you know, once you've been hit around the neck with a bread knife back then, you knew don't touch the Beatrice Potter. <laughs> Look, Matthew, son, if you touch Jemima one more time, if you touch that puddle duck one more time, I will end you. It was a different time then, though, isn't it? They used to put on Fleetwood Mac and just kick you around the house. <laughs> At least you got a decent soundtrack. My dad used to put the cat out by he'd go to the front door, he'd walk all the way back down the hallway. It wasn't that big a house, it was big enough, it was sort of, but it was a little long and thin. And he'd get the cat and then from the kitchen he'd pitch it like it was a bowling alley. It was like a point of pride to try and get the cat <laughs> all the way through the house almost from the garden. What? Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean just just different times. <laughs> I mean I, I used to kind of throw my cat to the sofa just to watch it land, but you know. If anyone wants to find my ginormous cat bothering father, he's high up in the hills of the of Colorado. So that's where that's where you'll find him if you want to, you know. To... One day, like a mountain yeah. lion's going to tap on his door and say, "Hey, uh, remember me?" He's he's immortal. The mountain <laughs> lion will come off second. You know, I'm. Uh, you know, he's a formidable creature. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to do a really really shit segue about speaking of cats, cat whisperer Joy, Joy talking to. Uh, Linda was quite funny, wasn't it? She outlinded Linda, I thought. The more you find out about Joy, the more you want to know. Yeah. Her backstory is absolutely fascinating. And um, you know, what what job did she do up there? She's obviously, you know, she's not rich. We know that, but she's but she's obviously had an int- you know, enough of a life that she was able just to sort of say, okay, I'm upping sticks and I'm buying this mm. big old house and this kind of fairly expensive development in what seemed like quite a ritzy village because we're always, always finding how, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, you know, she's a woman of industry, but obviously she's got the sadness in her life. No, she's just, she's, you know, she's very intriguing. She's the loudest, most open enigma you'll ever find. I've got a theory about her. Oh. And I've had it since she very first appeared. And when I was re-listening to the episodes this evening... And hearing her talking about the majorette troupe that she sort yeah. of baked cakes for, I thought, this is bloody ridiculous. She's making it up. And when I, when she first, uh, I love her, by the way, but when she very first appeared on Twitter, I remember saying that I thought that the photographs of her family, you know, she, she oft, often talks of Rochelle, obviously. Yeah. I said, I made the point that the photos of her family were those, you know, the picture frames you get like in boots or whatever. And they've got a sort of factory picture of a family inside. Yes. Already. I said, I tweeted that I thought that that's the pictures of her family around the living room are those. And I remember saying that Rochelle was a glove puppet. (laughs) 
<laughs> that she'd made out of a sock. But basically, my point really was that I think she might be a bit of a fantasist and sort of have created yeah. these stories to make herself seem more interesting. And I, I mean, props to her for that majorette story to try to convince um, Linda that, you know, you can't own me, Linda. I, this is what I've done. So I think now, like what you've got to make sure every time Joy is telling a story is like you need to look mm. into a line of vision to check there isn't a notice board like the usual suspects and she's not verbal <laughs> Kent and she's just reading all of these details. And like there's an advert for baton twirling and, you know, there's a meat raffle advert and mm. she's just stringing it all together mm-hmm. and creating this false narrative. Well, she yeah. did her own one woman meat, meat raffle out on the lawn at um, Lower Loxley, didn't she? Oy, <laughs> Badly made burger out for everyone to see. God, I saw it. That described as a punch to lasagna the other day. That's quite a new <laughs> one on me. Oh, Half-eaten yeah. half kebab, maybe. <laughs> I said that Lee was... Uh, I, I thought I could use it in an innocent way. I wouldn't get caught out. But I said on Twitter that Lee was wetter than the Otter's pocket. And everyone was like, no, that pretty much only has one mm. meaning. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> mm. But what do you think about my um, joy as a fantasist theory? Absolute tosh. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, no, but I mean, really, really inventive, creative, and you know, hopefully correct. Tosh. I mean, I want it. I want you to be. I want mm. it to be true. I mean, I, no, that's not true. I, I, I don't want. I don't want Joy to be because she'd have to be outed. I, I don't want Joy to be caught in the lie. I don't want any sadness in her life. But it mm. would be quite entertaining. And anything that gives us more joy, mm. um, um, pun unintended, the better. I think there's going to come a time where people are going to ask for receipts she needs to bring the receipts about these stories you know is like, Rochelle not coming down to visit well she never does does she she's always saying oh if she comes down to visit she can twirl to her heart's content or whatever she never appears does she I think it's incoming I think she mentioned it to um... of course she keeps mentioning this but it's never going to happen because she doesn't exist wasn't she meant to come for Christmas it. and it didn't happen mm. yeah I just think she just can't stop talking about her and uh there was another what was it she said oh a really weird thing about the butterflies did you pick up on that where she went oh a funny thing happened with rochelle and some butterflies once and linda just shut her down happen what what would happen with rochelle and some butterflies that's funny did um i mean who was the who was the uh, character was what was the character with rob bryden and his uh the taxi driver Oh, uh, mm. Marion and Jess. Yeah, I think that I think you know where it's not necessarily lies, Kerry. It's mm. just sort of I get what you're saying. Mm. So you know she's telling all these stories, but it's sort of more this kind of tragic ob- obsession with you know a totally yeah. disinterested group of friends, family, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. But I, you know, I hope I, you know, I think she's she's making she's making positive waves in in the village, isn't she? Everyone, everyone oh, yeah. loves her, don't they? None of this means I don't like her at all. But I just yeah. have this feeling that she's embroidering a lot. Uh, God bless her, and I don't think she, she might not necessarily be outed by others. She'll probably at some point tell Tony or something. She's had a couple of breakdowns, breakdowns, hasn't she? She had the confession that she was very sad and lonely to mm. Lizzie. Mm-hmm. And she also, Tony and her had that little heart to heart when Tony was mm-hmm. eventually like, oh, you know, um, I don't fancy you or whatever, you know, however he put it. And she was like, oh, you, you know, you wouldn't have a chance. You're not my type. <laughs> yeah. um, so who is Joy's type? Now, that's that is intriguing. If she is, I mean, 
like, I mean, let's say maybe she's making this up. Maybe she's not, or she's maybe she's, you know, um, making it slightly more flowery than it should be. I did like the fact that she's there for the fake committee interview with Linda and Linda's yeah. obviously very skeptical of her. Like a lot of people have been of joy. And then she reels off all these things she did and she fundraised. And then there was that point where it was like, she went, anyway, look, I've been yammering on what mm. qualities do I need again for the committee? And it's like, she knows yeah. what she's just done. Yeah. It reminded yeah, yeah, exactly. me of that scene where Sigourney Weaver, they ask her if she, in aliens, can she use the lifter? And she goes and picks up the box and moves it to the other side and then asks the army general, like, where do you want it? And I think it was kind of like that. Mm. She was basically saying, yeah. Mm -hmm. she, where, is she playing people with this? Do you she think? is. That was exactly the phrase that entered my brain as you were describing that. She is playing people, but not to... Um, not in a malicious way. Exactly. Not in a malicious way. Yeah. So, so maybe it's like this Machiavellian plot not to get on the parish council so she can bring down the crooked system from within from the fate committee. <laughs> She's going to bring them down with the whiff of her butterfly buns. So it's it's mm. to return to your verbal kint analogy. She is Kaiser Soze, but rather than constantly trying to stay away from the the um, the crime, she's gradually. This is this is Kaiser Soze at the beginning mm. of his career when he's inserting himself into matters. Exactly. So this is Joy gradually inveigling and wiggling mm. her way into the centre of yeah, things. Yeah, whenever and then one day uh, she'll be like, it'll be the, the the silhouette of her walking away from a burning bridge fire. <laughs> but this is this is, this is the thing. Like, I mean, I I I have little panic attacks when I think about them because my favourite characters are all new ones at the moment, like Vince and Joy and Russ, and then Matthew is very much the person who kind of got me into Russ. Um, it, if it wasn't for Matthew, I was kind of like on against Russ, but I sort of had a sort of damascene conversion. Yeah. And um, and now I'm not. I'm panicking. They're trying to write Russ out, and I'm just the thought that Joy could be anything but a long term character, or 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 Vince. Mm. Just the thought of losing Vince is terrible. Oh. I was cyber stalking the actor the other day, and I was kind of like, you know, oh, you know. Don't worry, Peter. Nigel, him. They're they're two they're gems at the moment. All of them. Um, it does make me wonder whether, you know, the Adam stacking, on the other hand, will he actually be leaving to go anywhere, do you think? What well, Matthew, think? can you remember what Lee said at the end of the episode where he had been trying to gently sort of um, help Adam? He said something like, oh, you know, both of you can't go somewhere. I can't, I can't remember. But basically he said something that had a double meaning. And it was about the, and, it, and it, one of the meanings was, you know, basically Brian and Adam would have to leave. Or you could, well, you both can't leave or something. And I was thinking, well, actually, Brian, Brian has effectively resigned. They're not going to, they're not going to let him retake over the farm. Jenny, um, Jenny, Debbie, um, Jenny, Debbie, and Kate will, won't have that. I don't think. I think obviously Alice is not particularly fussed at the moment. Who knows what Rory thinks? Adam still has a vote, whether Brian wants him to or not. Maybe it is going to be that Adam and Brian are both ousted from the farm, and Debbie comes back to run the run in you know become a manager in Locum for a few months. I don't remember what he said to him at the end. I just remember him being... Um... Oh, yeah, I did ask you a question, didn't I? You did. <laughs> it went on for about five Yeah, minutes. it was the <laughs> longest question in the world. Um... No, no, I haven't finished, Matthew. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Paragraph two. Um, I, 
I just, I at the end, I just remember him saying like, "Oh, I just slipped up," you know. Um, but I don't remember him giving that. I, I think there was that whole thing. I remember all well, the only thing I remember about the end of that episode was um, Lee went, "Adam, tell me to shut up," and I was just like, just waiting for him to go, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I for that part of my notes uh, on Tuesday at the end, I put blah blah blah. <laughs> And then in inverted commas, make things right and move on. So I didn't really make any notes about the detail of that. So sorry, Peter. No, no. I mean, it's and, and you know, do you know what? I should have made notes, but uh, it just, I just remember thinking, is this a clue? Because mm. I do feel like they, they're, they are, they're a lot more mm. hinty of late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel like it's a lot more structured. Like we're supposed to sort of be following. You know, that there are there are um, there are junctions and red mm. herrings and things for us to buy into quite yeah. heavily which I quite like yeah so do I where you go oh that's why that happened last week or that was said I mean this whole thing with Adam the money and the electrician it was so clunkingly obvious that this was coming wasn't it yep it was going on for ages and yeah. all, um but it, Lee no ju- judge of character I mean asking Adam you ever had a go on the drums <laughs> <laughs> I liked when he said it's very good for aggression. Yeah. <laughs> and then like two seconds later, Adam completely blows his lid. <laughs> oh, Adam's what was that line that Adam said about the clamps? Look, give me two minutes, I'll get the damn clamps, all right. Adam's Adam's music collection is Lighthouse Family Greatest Hits and then a backup copy of Lighthouse Family Greatest Hits. That's it. <laughs> you know, there's the, the two CDs side by side. One still in its box, which Lee would approve of. <laughs> Yeah, he was very, very odd. Poor old Adam. And there was a, a, in terms of whether he has or hasn't worked really hard, it was a bit, Brian contradicted himself. Yes, I know. I'm saying that Brian contradicted himself. But on in an earlier episode, he said, I've treated you like a dog's body and I haven't been pulling my weight, yeah. didn't he? Something like that. Um, and then I've been treating you like the hired help or something. And then later on, Adam's like, I've worked my guts out this year, blah, blah, blah. And comparing himself resentfully with how Brian treats the other kids. Um, So, you know, he probably has carried things for a bit, Adam, um, work-wise. They they were setting that up, weren't they? They were setting it up on Monday that... Brian and Adam were kind of having this warming moment in the office where Adam's like, no, you don't worry. And Brian's like, no, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Mm. Um, And then he finds out and then it's just they just tip to the entire other end of the scale. Mm. And the whole I mean, the whole thing with all of that in those first couple of episodes was the whole reason Brian was back in the office and discovered the, the, the five grand was missing was because that Alice had threw her toys at the pram yeah. and then they didn't go to Pat and Tony's for dinner in the end anyway, which means mm. Joy would have never needed to babysit mm. and the toys would have never been broken out of the box. That was the real bloody... Ooh, yes. Misha Schmidt up the ass. Like, it was yeah. just ridiculous. Like a right little set of dominoes that was, wasn't it? Or a butterfly effect, like the butterfly buns. Yes. I mean, Brian, Brian didn't cover himself in glory, particularly in the kind of the final argument of the week. But but Adam kind of chased him around the room. Brian was quite happy doing his little chores and pretending to be friends and just kind of trying to let the whole thing drop mm. so that he could concentrate on his daughter and his other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I love Brian, but I, he very rarely does the right thing. 
Adam Adam had, had Adam had been given an out. He didn't he didn't get the pat on the bum he wanted, mm. and 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 he was determined. Sorry, or head. He was determined to get the pat on the head from Brian, and he didn't get it, and so he threw a, a second temper tantrum. It was just too much for Brian. And then of course Brian, being Brian, he had no ability to then, uh, you know, de-escalate or kind of walk away. Neither of them are, are big enough to do that. But it was just you know, it was Adam. Come on, man. It's just what are you doing? And also, he's grown up around Brian. At which point has Brian ever taken a backward step in the moment? Mm-hmm. So yeah. even if you're, even if he was right, which he wasn't, it just was there was nothing to be gained by going toe to toe with Brian. Yeah, none of it made sense whatsoever. At the point at which Brian was going, oh, I'm looking at the accounts. I need to sort of rustle up some money for the rehab. Um, Adam should have said, "Oh, meant to tell you." <laughs> I borrowed five grand. It will be in there within the week. Yeah, and and also to say say yeah, it's really bad. I'm very very sorry. Because you'd feel because it's just it's completely illogical. The very fact that he was lying and trying to dodge the issue and mm-hmm. move Brian away from it, yeah, and sort of shows that he's embarrassed of it. Otherwise, yeah. he would have just said, "Oh, seeing as you're looking at the accounts, it's a good opportunity." It's like he would have, it would have the first thing he would have said, yeah, earlier than you even said, Kerry. You know, <laughs> would have been like, "Actually, this is a fantastic opportunity to have this discussion. I haven't been having it because of you know Alice mm-hmm. and the stuff, but seeing as we're going through the accounts, mm-hmm. oh, you'll notice there's actually there's a chit in there where I've written Adam has borrowed the money, mm-hmm. and then it and then it's like cheeky rather than theft, rather than a lie. Yeah, 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 yeah." Although to, add, to to defend Adam, his point that he made to Lee that it was the, the mm. name of the electrician does hold water a little bit. Yeah, of course. But say it has happened. And yeah. and why, you know, OK, so it was five grand because of they needed it was more extensive work than we'd imagined or something. They described it. That was fascinating. Um, why not mention it? Why not ask for money? Why not get the personal loan from the bank at that point to pay for it? Um you know, I think part of the Moroccan peasant ovens don't come cheap, Kerry. <laughs> no, they don't. You know, they're living above their station, really, aren't they? So. Yeah. I mean, do you think he intended <laughs> to pay the money back? Do you think he would have just let it go on and yeah, on? Yeah, I think he probably did. You can't not pay five grand back, can no, you? That's what I thought. I, was just, yeah. I mean, and the fact that he just swanned down the bank and got a loan as well. I just thought mm. that was hilarious. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But I did, I did, you know, that whole thing tonight with Brian and Adam going at it in what appeared to be the field. Um, <laughs> you know, the only thing missing from that was like Kerry in the background with like a kebab in one hand and a half drunk <laughs> bottle of white port in the other going, hit him, Brian, yeah. hit him. <laughs> but it was like Brian was king of the, mm. <laughs> like every time Adam said something, he was like, mm. Okay, and just walk walk down a little bit further and started clipping another bit of the fence. And there was one point, yeah, and I th- Brian was very restrained. And yeah. I think it was, I think it was actually an an accidental thing that they left in or something. Like Adam coughed when he was getting angry, Ooh. and I was like, "Is this imminent heart attack?" Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know thing what you that mean. they're throwing yeah, the in. Yeah. yeah, he was breathing, and then he stopped, and he coughed, and he carried on. I was like, interesting. Well, either one Why of them could have that? combusted and had some sort of problem, couldn't they? I was, I was worried for my Brian at this point. What are they going to do with Adam though? Once he's not on the farm, oh, I, mean, I think he's going to go go rogue. He's going to live in the woods, <laughs> like a yeti. Or yes. <laughs> oh, so Adam, Adam the Unabomber, living in his hut in the woods. I like that. I like plotting, that theory. Plotting dark revenge mm. against all the people who've let him down over the years. A bit, 
A bit, a bit like that um, that <laughs> army guy in Belgium that's just walked out of an army barracks with an entire arsenal of weapons and rocket launchers, and he's been missing for three weeks. Have you seen what? that? No. Yes, and they've checked his back. They've checked his search history now, and he's like far right lunatic. Where is he? They don't know. <laughs> As of yesterday, that he is. Yeah, where is he's he, a little where bit. Where was that Belgium? Yeah, don't fly into Belgium anytime oh soon, God. basically. He's got like ground to air missiles, this guy. Um, sorry, that raised the mood. Um, yeah. I mean, well, Cheers, Matthew. Sorry. I mean, the other thing I like that they were, it was a little bit bizarre, and I feel like we have to give them a little bit of a mention because we had Brian and Adam going out tonight. Um, Phoebe and Rex in their camping. Oh, God. <laughs> they, it was very bizarre, wasn't it, the whole thing? I mean, I felt personally cheated mm. that they just mentioned anecdotally that Jim and Robert had brought over a bird char, and I was like, why didn't we get to hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very... I found it quite sort of stay, stale, I was going to say, not stale. I, I think know. it was just... Stilted, stilted. I think it was just there to calm you down in between mm. rounds well, of didn't. Brian and Adam. That was worse than the Brian and Adam thing, really, on the irking front, I thought, where they were like listing things like, you know, the compost, the reception is a repurposed shepherd's hut. Um, the fire pits. Yeah, the charcoal. Which is basically where, like, I mean, I just thought, I like the way Rex was like, you know, we want, when, when our guests arrive, we want a, a message that says, relax, you're going to enjoy your holiday. And if you just look <laughs> to the left, that's... Um, Phoebe's grandfather beating his step his steps unto death with a G clamp. Yeah. That's them rolling in the fire pit pits. That guy that guy's the reason that you can't drink any of the water out of the tap. <laughs> <laughs> that guy tipped his brother in law off a roof. Oh, and, that, <laughs> and um, all of the yeah. complimentary wine. You see that girl over there? Well, that's his daughter, and she's helped herself to it. Oh, yeah, there's a reason you can't leave him with a shotgun. That way, <laughs> but there was, there was also that bit where they're, they're running around trying to find out how they're going to get this like was it lights oh, to the toilet or something, Christ wasn't it? Almighty. And there was it was like out of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, something that Rex said. And I'd imagine like two trench coated men meeting in a drizzly Hyde Park. <laughs> I hear Bert has a solar powered gnome in the garden. <laughs> the geese are flying south over Moscow. <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, they did resist the temptation to do something utterly bananas. They did go, "Oh, we know someone who has the skills to sort this out quickly and in an, you know a, a well expedited fashion. Uh, uh, we'll um, call him, and there he is, and he's done it. And we say thank you." Yeah, Roy yeah, got some know. old old roadie, didn't he, or something? Yeah, Mark. We didn't have. We didn't have Eddie. We didn't have Eddie sort of, you know, creating a hundred little mini sort of, you know, glow in the dark shepherd's huts and then yeah. stringing them along like bunting or something. Well, it was literally sort of two minutes ago that they were going, goodbye, Roy. Don't need you here. Bye, Roy. You know, yeah. and then later it's like, I know who we can call Roy, that person yeah. that you've just told to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's only hanging around because he can't believe his, he doesn't trust his daughter to run a business. And then he comes back and there's that big kind of like friends moment at the end mm. of it, like, you know, an American sitcom. I'm just so yeah, proud of you, Ruts, doing good. something I can never do. No, you do harder than me. You no. do way harder than me. I I, oh, I get on. super lachrymose about all this sort of stuff. Like, you know, the things that get me. Do you remember that guy, Bert DeVos, or whatever his name was, the, um, the South African swimmer? And there was the father was being interviewed by Claire Balding. 
He's like, oh my boy, my beautiful boy. Oh, that boy. was great. Yeah, that made uh, me I'll, cry. I'll, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to we'll have to put that on the description of the of the pod. And then the other, in any of the ones where it's the the, the story of the the story of the, the hard father who never never gave anything but kind of like you know stern instruction on how to. And then mm. it turns out he never missed a show. He was always at the back, and he had a scrapbook with everything in. You know. What is your point me. here, Peter? That you know, we, we're... pride in his daughter was lovely, and you two are pouring piss and shit no, no, and vinegar no. all over no, it. No, 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 that's fine. It's how it was all presented to us. That's what I'm talking about. Just you at home, Kerry, with your bottle of vodka. Mummy, mummy, look, I made this. <laughs> look, I made. Look at my Lego puzzle. Duh. And then another swig of Latvian vodka. Oh, shut then, it. Yeah. You, that's a tired old trope and I'll have none of it. And what we what? were talking about is the, the presentation of it. It was so, it was a clunky section, definitely. Just before we move on, how much of my offensive um, stereotype did I get right? <laughs> what, do they have vodka in Latvia? Is da the correct word in Latvia? No, it isn't. No, okay. No. Uh, they Is any of it right? Latvia. I have a very, very good friend from Riga, and uh, she'll be hearing about all of this, Peter. I mean, Phoebe, she's so peculiar when she was like, we could be getting sued for negligence. It's like, chill out, love. You could have got some torches from the garage. It would have been all right. There's two families who are arriving. One of them is called, the, you, what they called you, the abseils. Yeah. <laughs> all you had to say was, it was one night, wasn't it, that they had to cope with this terrible tragedy of not having the solar lighting. You know, here's some torches for the first night. A uh, bit of a mix-up. We weren't here when they were delivered. They'll be here tomorrow. She's asking, like, Rex of all people, you know what would happen if we got f- if we got bad reviews? <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> like, Rex is, like, public enemy number one oh, when yeah. it comes to that. I'm thinking David's in the background going, I'm going to write a f***ing shitty review for this place. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. That would be, I mean, that would be fair play. That would be quite a funny little joke from David, just like, um, you know, absolutely slam him and then Mm. take it down. Yeah, I went, I went, I I couldn't find my way to the toilet and I got covered in, what was it you said, Peter? Piss, shit and vinegar? Yeah, the Warbis trifecta. (laughs) What's going on here? Nothing, nothing. It is, it is, I mean, I'm, I don't think it's controversial to say that Kerry is made of sterner stuff than me. I am a more marshmallowy, squishy creature, and Kerry, you know, isn't. So it's not to say that Kerry doesn't have warm blood in her veins and isn't capable of love and affection. It's just that when it comes to talking nonsense about the archers, Kerry is more difficult to, you know, move. Do you agree, Kerry? Is that unfair? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. I'm taking no umbrage, although it was just, I think. What I didn't like was that you got the wrong end of the stick earlier. That's all. You are, yeah. I mean, this ultimately, this is this has been my experience over the last year and a half of working with Kerry. <laughs> is insult the crap out of her, fine. Make a tiny, tiny error <laughs> of any kind and trigger the pedant side of her, and yep. you're in a world of hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. Well done, Peter. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the camp fiasco bit was just silly wasn't it i i honestly think it was just there as if like when they go back to the pundits in between ufc i thought it just felt like it was like and now we're going back mm. is it the octagon they fight in in ufc yeah it is yeah, yeah. um yeah so we who now went, know wins? that roy and phoebe quite like each other that's it yeah, well i mean it was a very nothing scene, wasn't it? Were you going to ask who would win out of Brian and Adam in ufc no the whole village oh big bundle 
Everyone goes into the octagon. Who's comes out? I reckon Lee makes the final and then Jazza takes Lee down. I think I have the definitive answer. Mm. Fallon. I'm not disagreeing with that. She's got steel. <laughs> Yeah. I think if I think the Fallon I think mm. Fallon once triggered would just go and I see we're assuming that you know you know they don't have you know, there'd be rounds to sort out family members you don't have to fight you you don't have to fight an immediate family member I reckon she'd uh, and I reckon she'd mercilessly take out Harrison in the semis Tracy would be quite uh... yes no we should put the yeah we should put this to um Susie next week oh yeah I think it's definitely going to be a woman mm. um I think all the men and this is not a, this is not a comment on society in general yeah so the women are stronger in Ambridge you reckon. Name a man with any backbone. I, I know Brian is, but Brian Brian's too lazy to fight to death. To fight to the death, he'd be like, "Oh, go mm. on then." You know, as long as you as long as you could have a good old you know drink, you know, a good glass of quality whiskey before the you know before he died, he'd probably yeah, just. When you, know. when you say backbone, though, do you mean physical backbone or do you mean gumption? Because Jim has gumption, but yeah, not. I can't I imagine him that. taking people down in a bundle. <laughs> No, he might he might read read aloud from a, a book and kind of call, <laughs> make them wither into a puddle. But a, a, yeah, a young a young Jim could have completed any of the Mortal Kombat finishing moves without batting an eyelid. I think, but yeah, now he doesn't have the whilst playing the, the piano at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Can we not do um, more Street Fighter Two references? I'm totally out of my comfort zone with Mortal Kombat. No, I know that's it. I, I I completed it. I completed number two with um um uh, Sub Zero, but apart from I just the only only one I know. But um, who are there any other men who are in the running? I mean, I just don't feel Fallon can be beaten at the moment. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe Ruth. Ruth's what got a about, bit of um, steel to her. Vince would do dirty shit. Bet. He'd do whatever he needed to do to win. Jacob, he'd be like some sort of like he'd be really sort of focused and just get the job done. So sorry, slash. He'd be capable <laughs> of doing one of those like pinpoint where he just sticks a, a finger in your breastplate and yeah. kills you yeah barely any movement like Spock. And then, then he just turn around to the referee and go that's where the heart is no i'm afraid it's it's fallon with her knockoff stratocaster that she got given when she was 13 by jolene just going you know full tonto i feel everyone. like i'm gonna have to going make some kind of everyone. ambridge ufc generator program just to see who gets to the fight this is this is the only reason I want to win the, the win the lottery is so that I can spend my life doing stuff like that, you know. <laughs> Just uh, what, pay um, the cast of the archers to actually fight in UFC. No, he- he- hello, is that Nick Park? Yeah, whatever you're doing, I've got more, enough money to make you do a claymation <laughs> <laughs> UFC fight of the entire of um, yeah the Ambridge <laughs> population. Well, it's the end of the show, and normally we would just have a few bits of social media chit-chat to do, um, some kind of weird segue into a bit of nonsense about our personal lives. But this week, of course, we have something concrete, something exciting, something of um, notice to um, blather on about, and it is the fact that Susie is going to be on the show. Yes, we talked about it last week, um, and I'm already a listener to her podcast. I had a listen this morning. Um I absorbed a few of the points she made and uh, they did speak to me a bit. It's about coming of age or possibly feeling how much time you have left. So I've uh, yeah, I've taken a lot of that on board and I wouldn't mind bringing a few of those points she made up with her when she comes on. Mm, sounds interesting. Yeah. And we need some questions for Susie. Uh, there must be things that you would like to ask Tracy Horobin, I would imagine. So send them our way. If there's multiple options, you can email at um, hello at the com, 
And of course, follow us on Twitter and then you can DM Kerry. And Matthew's on Facebook at uh, the Cider Shed Podcast. So you can, there's a, I am the Cider Shed, the admin of the Cider Shed Podcast. You can either post it straight to the group or you can DM me as the admin. Uh, either way, it'll get to us. And Kerry, I don't think I gave you the chance to do the um, Twitter handle. Oh, that's okay. At the Cider Shed Pod is the Twitter handle. So we've got to go and um, get our energy levels all the way up for next week. Although, um, Kerry, you've you've hung out virtually with um, Susie before. I think Susie has energy to spare, doesn't she? Oh, God, yes, I have. And she does indeed. It's going to be a right laugh. She's wonderfully warm, hilarious and game for anything. So, you know, I do hope people do send in. It doesn't actually have to be questions, so just some comments about her character. That would be good. You know, I think she's such a well-loved character that there must be things that people would like to say and share with Susie. Yep, S- slide into our DMs, folks. Yep. We're here. <laughs> yeah, um, to sort of build on Kerry's point, we've never the, the if there is success in this podcast, it hasn't been built on overthinking stuff. So uh, no. no need to <laughs> <laughs> no need to no need to work too hard. Um, yeah, and um, I just want to say thank you to Matthew and Kerry. They've carried me through this. I've been, I've been carrying a stinking cold and a cough, and uh, and I really appreciate um, them doing all the hard work. So yes, um, onwards and upwards, and see you next week. Thank you. Yeah, see you next week with Susie. See ya. Bye. Was that all right? Yeah. <laughs>